across the frozen shoreline And a train headed nowhere down the line The current pulled your waters south toward the coastline Bring me to a distant place, different time friends was off of Amy Blanding's solo uh, debut first so so debut solo CD or album we'll call it album I'm still in the album I'm I'm still in the album phase I'm I'm an album kind of guy and I am Michael Cast and this is Arts North and uh, everything art um, uh, I always forget Amy 
I always forget. I forget what, my you forget own your tagline. I forget my own tagline. That's okay. Everything art, um, your community connection for everything art in Northern BC. Beautiful. And actually, hopefully, all over the country. That's the plan. Because uh, I got Lauren Brotman. Oh. She's gonna. Uh, we're gonna do a long distance thing. But I've got Amy Lucky in you. the studio. Amy. Hello. You, hi. You've got a new CD. I do. I, I'm going to call it an album, too, because I'm with you there. That's awesome. my debut solo album. I'm so excited. Ooh, and where did you get it done? Let's see. I recorded that, and it was mixed here in Prince George at Pulp City Music by Connor Pritchard, and Fraser Hayes was the co-producer on it. I've got Connor Pritchard on my Facebook and on my Instagram, Yeah, and but I don't know who this cat is. Oh, this cat is doing magic. He's I've amazing. Gotta, I've got to talk to him. Yeah. I got to get him on here. You do. You I'll do. So here. he's mixed the last, he's recorded and mixed the last um, number of albums of the Good Egg Record artists off the Good Egg Records label. Yeah. Um, so he's mixed the Crone's latest album, Brit AM. He did Danny Bell's album, Saltwater Hank. No, okay. he didn't do Saltwater Hank. I think he mixed Saltwater Hank's album. He's done a lot and he's just getting better and better so he's let's talk in the about... basement of arts art space that's where his studio oh is. is he yeah oh okay well that used yeah that used to be um that was a gallery at some time and yeah. that was um oh i can't remember her name diane levesque's sister um i don't know anyways um I don't. Okay, so this whole Good Egg Records <laughs> and Danny Bell, Mad Loon, and yep. Pulp City. Yep. So it's all kind of. So Brit, did Brit start? Because I need yes. to apologize to my producer on Tuesday because I kind of I corrected her and I was wrong. Oh, okay. So, so I, you want the, a little bit of the backstory of Good Egg Records? Well, and Good Egg Records is Brit. Of everyone, yeah. And, so Brit Meyerhofer right. is yeah. the head of the indie label good okay. egg records all right and that label hosts a number of artists from prince george including uh, myself okay saltwater hank danny bell the brain porter which is Bryn porter's yeah, yeah. solo project sober becky which is becky russell okay um the flying machine they're i have to get all these people on here. oh they're fantastic Man. um sean wesley wood is another artist on the label so she's i mean it's a yeah. It's one of the biggest labels that you're going to find in mm -hmm. Western Canada. And she's the sort of brainchild behind it, but it's a bit of a cooperative project. So yeah. everyone on the label lends some expertise or skill or something like that in order to help bolster the label itself. Because Britt is also an artist on the label. She's and fantastic. She's amazing. Yeah. She's amazing. And so it's really an opportunity for all of us to support each other and say like, Oh, have you heard about this showcase opportunity or do you need to register with SoCan or whatever it might be? We all kind of lend our skill and expertise. Naomi Kafka. I forgot. She's also an artist. On I can't believe I'm forgetting people, but um, yeah. Na Naomi's got, I think she's, there's a, there's a, I'm going to use this word cause I love this word. There's a plethora mm. of, of, releases coming up yeah, this fall. Yeah. There's you. Well, Brit, Brit AM's releasing in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then Naomi Kafka is releasing um, an EP on vinyl, exclusively on vinyl. Oh. It's called Back West. So it's um, it's just two songs, yeah. incredible artwork, and she's releasing that in October. Yeah. 
Well, let's get back to what you're doing, <laughs> right? Because this is about you. It's all about you today. Just, just for an hour, you. right, just for, I don't know how long. You know, the, the podcasts are, they're sort of free-flowing. and They are what you want long. them to be. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the CRTC has to say, but I don't really care. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got, this is your first solo. It is. Yeah. Um, release. It is, yeah. So I released previously a couple of albums with my former band, Black Spruce Bog. Uh-huh. And then I've been a backup artist on countless other records over the past six or seven years. Yeah. And so this was, it was my time now to release an album of my own work and exactly as I wanted it to be. It's all my own arrangements and lyrics, except for one beautiful song. That is a never-before-recorded song written by Raghu Lokanathan. So I'm really excited to have that on the album. But the rest of it, it's all original work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this has been a labor of love. I like to say that it, it's like birthing a child, except I had to gestate it for like <laughs> three and a half years, which is just horrible if you think about it. But um, no, it was wonderful. It was an incredible process, and I'm really, really, really proud of it. And you said it was mixed at Pulp City. Yeah, recorded and mixed at Pulp right. City, and yeah. then it was mastered by Chris Holmes out okay. of Kelowna. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and all of the musicians on the album are our local favorites. Oh. Yeah, so Bryn Porter's the Bass player, Danny Bell's on drums, Naomi Kavka on guitar, Chloe Nakahara on fiddle, Curtis Abriel on trombone and piano. What does Spencer that Hammond guy not saw? play? What does, he, what does Curtis, Curtis plays everything. Play? Actually, that was a beautiful part of it because I wanted, one of the songs on the album is really big band style, Consoled yeah. on the Whole. And I had this vision of, you know, brass and piano and drums and all this, you know, really big yeah, band yeah. sound. And I wanted Curtis to come in and play piano. So he came into the studio and then he found out that I was going to play trumpet on it because Mm -hmm. um, I played trumpet when I was in high school and I really wanted that brass. So he said, well, I haven't played trombone since I was in grade 10. You want me to bring it in? I said, absolutely. And then he came in and we knocked out this sick brass interlude that just makes that song. And we had so much fun. But both of us were like, okay, I don't have an embouchure anymore. We got one more take in us because it'd been so long since we played. But yeah, yeah he, he does everything. And he does it so well. He's super intuitive yeah. as a musician. So when yeah. I was when I was in oh, I don't know, grade five, grade five, grade six, I wanted to play an instrument. <clears throat> and they made, and all the I don't know what it was. All the girls went to the woodwind of section, course. and all the guys yeah. went to the brass section. And I got trombone, and I thought it was like the most lame instrument ever. Oh, no. So I didn't follow. Didn't I like I didn't keep it up. But now listening to like listening, like really it's listening so and paying attention, it's good. versatile, right? It is. It's, it's really versatile. Yeah, and it's, it's actually making. A bit of a resurgence, or I don't know if you can even say resurgence, but you're seeing it a lot in the festival scene with folk music, which is kind of oh, mind-boggling. Yeah. But at the past the past number of years in the festival circuit, I've seen a lot of trombone, which is really cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we gonna we're gonna play? Uh, are we gonna play consoled? Yes, on consoled the on the whole. Is, Good. Is, so well, a little bit one, later, we'll play that? Yeah, it's one of the singles right? off of the album. 
And it's one of my favorites. But we were talking earlier about connections and we have a connection. Well, we have a connection in Toronto with mm-hmm. Lauren. We'll talk about we'll talk about how paint painting painting, painting or pa- the streets. Painting the streets <laughs> yeah. uh, is going and we'll talk about right now. I know that I was helping Glenn this morning. Oh. And Glenn is Glenn does the lighting yep. at at CN Center. So we were doing the lighting. We were changing some lighting and doing some technical stuff. And I was talking. He says, well, what are you going to to <laughs> Why are you leaving? Amy for, right? And I said, well, you know, just for the podcast. And I didn't know that you were with or are with Nova Voce. Yeah. And yeah. you were in Sweden. I was. I was with Glenn in Sweden and with Nova Voce. Yeah. Our choir. Yeah. Yeah. And Robin. Yep. Glenn's wife. Excuse me. Glenn's Glenn and wife. Robin. Yeah. And other chaperones came with 24 women wow. from Prince George. And we went to the European Choir Games in the Grand Prix of Nations in Gothenburg, Sweden. We were there for 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing. I'm going to be interviewing. Well, I'm going to be interviewing you on Tuesday. Yep. Um, for after nine and uh i will be tuesday september 10th and robin i think i'm interviewing her in october to talk about that too she's the choir master she's the director Yeah. yeah yeah um so tell me about that experience in sweden oh my gosh it was unbelievable we we were invited to come, like we submitted an application to the European Choir Games and mm-hmm. then got entered into the Grand Prix category. Yeah. And so we showed up without really any knowledge about what this festival competition was going to be like. It's an international festival. It hosts hundreds of choirs from all over the world. And they all take it very, very seriously. Like we're talking about people who train for years and they have, you know, national auditions, like the best singers in all of Russia come together to form choirs of 160 people to perform and that kind of thing. So we were, you know, we were like little tiny fish in a great big pond, (laughs) but um, we competed in the folklore acapella category and the chamber music category. And we did really well. I was so proud of our performances. We worked our butts off and we worked really hard to get there. We fundraised for like a year and a half to get there. To get there, you had to, you had to go through other competitions as well. Mm -hmm. And, and be number one in Canada. Yeah, we won the music festival this year. Yeah, so we're, that's fantastic. We're the I national see, see, there's all this one. stuff that I didn't know. I man, know it's right? cool. Hey? Yeah, and all of that. I mean, that's a huge testament, not just to the work ethic of all the women in the choir mm-hmm. and their support, but really to Robin. Like, I mean, you'll talk to Robin, but she's a volunteer, mm-hmm. and we have like we have one of the highest calibers of. Um, technical performance and the fact that we're able to make it number one in Canada and at the national festival, that's a testament to her. Like she does all of this really off the side of her desk. Yeah. And we're really, really lucky when we lose Robin, we might not have (laughs) anymore because you can't afford that. These uh, other choirs that we're competing against, you know, they're paying thousands of dollars for the, the caliber of musicianship that we get on a volunteer basis so yeah that can't be understated no yeah. when um th- prince george is like incredibly talented i mean oh, there's yeah. so there's so much talented talent to draw from it's amazing right? yeah it's amazing and i think i like over the past five or six years i've seen 
our notoriety and our recognition sort of reflect that a little bit more mm-hmm. because of people like Danny Bell and Mad Loon Productions or the guys from Six Sigma Video Production oh. or, you know, the Russell family and, you know, these people that are are promoting the arts in lots of different mm-hmm. ways. Theater Northwest bringing in all sorts of different diverse elements. Um, but it's it's kind of this underground of art that people didn't really see before and yeah. is really just coming out and making headlines. I didn't see it until I think until <clears throat> well I've been I've been here for 16 years and I didn't really see it until the last 2 years. Hmm. So where I started getting involved with Theater Northwest and yeah. I started getting involved with the Community Arts Council and yeah. I was like, "Wow, man, we got some." But the reason I stayed here 16 years ago was you know I, f- I remember phoning my dad on a payphone, <laughs> right? Um, and I said to him, I said, you know, this is I I really don't want to be here, but the but the thing that's keeping me here is this the incredible art scene. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. So I want to stay and and play. Yeah. I want to stay and play. Right. Yeah. And find out what's happening. And you know you can here. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like accessibility to the arts is sort of a passion project of mine because I see so many beautiful artists and friends of mine that are living in Vancouver or Toronto or other centers where a lot of people say you have to be in order to Mm -hmm. make it as an artist and they're just struggling they're struggling to get seen or get noticed or get their art made because of the expense of it and Like, for example, I shot a music video for one of the songs on my album called Rise and Agitate. I wanted to bring in an all-female choir, a huge female choir, to sing a song um, that was going to raise money for the Inspiring Women Among Us Mm -hmm. scholarship. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be shot locally by all local talent and recorded locally. So I was able to rent... Knox United Church downtown for pittance. They were incredibly accommodating. It's it's church acoustics, so mm-hmm. the sound was amazing. I put a call out on Facebook and got 40 women to show up on a day, and they learned the song and sounded amazing. People came from outside of town. Six Sigma Video came in and wanted to work with me, so I got some of the best videographers, lighting Those guys coordinators. Are I got Sam Ellis to come in and work a camera for nice. free. He's like an international documentary yeah. filmmaker yeah. john chuby head of jet the jeff and the ninja pick room production i love jeff and yes. the ninja he came in worked a camera like all of these people john russell's on lighting yeah. connor Percher's on sound they're like yeah absolutely this yeah. is great they all come together dance dark directed it jason hamburg pr- produced it we got this music video shot recorded produced in one day that's just mind-blowing yeah and I paid two hundred dollars for it. Oh my goodness! Like I'm not even kidding. If you, if I had tried to do anything of that size and coordination in any other city in Canada, I would be out 20. thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yes, at least twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah, that would have been out of pocket and probably wouldn't have been able to afford all of those beautiful people. Right? So, so let's. I want to just take a step back. You mentioned. So, what was this for? This is. This was a. This was a. A video to so raise wrote, money for. Yeah, I wrote the song. It's um, it's sort of like a um, women's protest song, yeah. a bit of an empowerment song. And um, so I decided that um, the sale of that single, 
all of the money is going to be donated to Iowa, which is um, there's an, a scholarship program associated with the event Inspiring Women Among Us that's hosted at UNBC by Zoe Miletus and, and Annie Booth. Mm-hmm. And that brings awareness and attention to uh, is- issues around gender discrimination and gender-based violence. It mm-hmm. started around sort of the violence against women um, international day of protest against of violence against women and then has become this huge three-week event in mm-hmm. November. Um, but they have a scholarship program that goes to support women who are trying to access higher education and don't typically have the funding to be able to do that. So this is rise and agitate the sale of that single once it's released all of the money will go to that scholarship program if i had my way secondary post-secondary school any education would be free free yeah free to anybody that wanted it and if they maintained a certain grade point average or whatever you want to call it right free yeah Right. And we are, that, yeah, yeah, access to post-secondary education and not just financial access, but uh, so there's so many other barriers to post-secondary that we just have to address. And I'm I'm really grateful for people like Zoe and Annie and the, those folks who are doing their part to bring women or, or self-identified uh, women and girls, you know, bringing a little bit more awareness to how we need to get them into school. But yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Just so be free. what we'll do is we'll make sure we get to. Well, is there a is there somewhere they can go? Anybody can, listeners can all go of to? the information yeah. about the music and about Rise and Agitate. That's all hosted on my website, which is just mm-hmm. amyblanding.com. Okay. And um, the act the video for Rise and Agitate will be released um, in the middle of October as promotion for Iowa, which is the big event. Ah, um, in, right. And so I think that, that that event is at the beginning of November. So there will be a lot of promotion and, and publicity around the video and around the single release and everything. So, Well, speaking yeah. of singles, we're going to take a short break and we're going to listen to, uh, and a big band, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I didn't listen to this. So big band got captured my heart right there i just love big band music or big band sound mm. so we're going to take a we're going to just, uh, listen to consoled on the whole this is off of amy blanding's new solo project her her debut solo project down the line i go to my boat quote unquote there's a solace there at we went out Tuesday night with batteries and water. It's okay, just go overboard. This is Squatters cold. Well, I go to my boat, float in my boat, row in my boat, I sail in my boat, rock in my boat, alone in my boat. 
with Amy Blanding. What a fantastic song. Thank you. And so what inspired you to do like a big band sound? Um, I I always heard it that way. So it's really interesting because Consoled on the Whole is the one non-original on the album. It's written by Raghu Lokanathan, and who's everyone in Prince George knows Raghu, but he's sort of an underground legend in Canada. I, I was going to say Canada-wide. Oh, absolutely. Right? He's... he's you know, a bit of an anomaly and his music is phenomenal. And, and he actually, he stopped um, performing music recently. You know, he's taken a bit of a hibernation of sorts and mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of writing and working on other projects like theater. And um, so the last time I heard him perform, he actually played Consoled on the Whole and he plays it. It's very acoustic. It's just him, his voice, his guitar. And it's always been my favorite song of his. And mm-hmm. it's the one song that's never been recorded as far as I know so um, when we had Jeremy Stewart hosted a night uh, called Caledonia Sings when Ragu was sort of retiring from music mm-hmm. and it was a big tribute to all that. of his, yeah. Yeah. his music yeah. and I asked him I said can I play Consoled and he was like okay and so we sat down together and he played it for me so I could kind of record it on my phone and then I just sort of ran with it and had this idea of bringing in, you know, some piano and a little bit more like upright bass and having a bit more fun with it and making it, turning it in front to, you know, something like a ballad into a little bit more of a big band mm-hmm. kind of swing sound. And um, and then when I asked him about recording it, 
he said, I think it has a really good home with you. So he gave me his blessing of sorts to kind of take it and run with it and, and make it my own. And I'm really proud of it. And mm-hmm. I, I sort of had this vision in my head every time I heard it that it could be quite big. And then when Ragu plays it, it'll be his. So we sort of have our own interpretations of the song. But the story behind it remains absolutely true in the lyrics. And they're just they're the best lyrics ever. If you ever get Ragu into a room and get him to tell you the story behind that song, it will make your day. Next time I see him. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He's yeah. such a gentle soul. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I see him, I just like he just. It just brings goodness to to, to the space, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's a he's a wonderful man and incredibly talented, and I, you know, he works with a lot of humility and kindness. And he came quite late to the music industry, Mm -hmm. which is something that I really relate to. Neither of us, you know, started trying to do music when we were younger, and you know, got our feet wet and that kind of thing. And so I've always been really inspired by him, and also by his collaborative energy and his generosity as a musician um i've never met anyone with less ego and in this business that's saying something especially someone who is as well loved and and kind of renowned as as ragu is because he really is like it's not it's not too much to say that he's adored across the country Mm -hmm. like you know when he plays shows they're sold out and people everyone knows every single lyric of his songs and they just they hang on his every word and i think it's because he's just real and yeah. kind and he tells the stories of the people that he's met in his life and there's a an authenticity to him that's kind of well it's it's rare in this business well we were talking earlier before before we started recording the podcast that uh, about shameless self-promotion mm. and and how we really have to work hard as artists you as yeah. a musician and, and and vocalist you what what do you play you play guitar uh, i play just a little bit of guitar mostly i play mandolin mandolin trumpet okay. yeah i play bowron and tin whistle like celtic stuff and yeah i dabble but mo- mandolin's been my main interest yeah, <laughs> i love mandolin ever since i saw What's that movie? It was a movie, I think, with, oh, I don't know who was in it. Captain so-and-so's oh, mandolin. Oh, Captain Corelli's mandolin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I probably had heard mandolin in, yeah. in oh, many, many songs, but I was like, sure. wow, I was really intrigued by that instrument. It's great, I yeah. It. I picked it up because I wanted something to accompany myself, but mm-hmm. I was struggling to get my hands to wrap around a guitar neck. <laughs> oh, so okay. It was like, oh, this, and my brother played mandolin, and so I just picked it up, and then it's become, I, I use it as like a rhythm accompaniment instrument. Yeah. I'm not like an instrumentalist that does a lot of crazy picking and stuff like that, yeah, but yeah. it's worked really well for me, and it lends itself well to like the country folk rock sound that I go for. So, so when did you, so you were talking, you came, you said, you you sort of alluded to the, came late to the music scene. I did, yeah. So I didn't actually become a performing professional musician until I moved to Prince George. Yeah. So I'm 36 now. I moved to Prince George seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, you know, I grew up playing music and singing in choirs and things like that. But I actually didn't have the personal confidence to ever consider myself to be a lead singer or someone that could actually do this for a living. 
Um, and so when I came to Prince George, I did a lot. I was, you know, getting into the music scene and then ended up helping co-found Black Spruce Bog, which mm-hmm. was my band for a number of years. And we did really well and we toured a lot and we recorded albums and that kind of thing. And so I got, I built up my confidence. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then actually, interestingly enough, because this is very related to the album, um, I opened for Out of Alba one night. They mm-hmm. were playing, they're a Celtic band in town and they were playing at Art Space. And my partner at the time and I opened for them. And after the show, Margaret Coyle, who was the lead singer in Out of Alba, um, came up to me and she said, you could do this if you wanted, Amy. She said, you could you could do this. You're mm-hmm. good enough. And I have a lot of respect for Margaret. I always did and really, really appreciated her music and her confidence and her kindness. And something about her telling me that actually struck a chord and I said, to myself like okay this is something you obviously love it it's a place that you want to be now step into it and margaret passed away a couple of years ago mm. from cancer yeah. and um so i dedicated the album to her it's actually dedicated to her memory because she was what i call the tipping point for me as a solo musician to say yeah you can do this and then uh, you know a lot of other things ended up happening like yeah. Other other people booking me and um, other opportunities and that kind of thing that really helped me step into that place and gave me the confidence to say like yeah you you can do this you're good enough you're good enough yeah. yeah I don't know what it is about Prince George same thing for me I really? I kind of floated around I did I did photography here and there across the country but but until I got here I didn't didn't get serious like I didn't you know and it was like so it wasn't I don't know if there was one single person Mm. but it was that it was that feeling of I can do this Jack Grinhouse was instrumental in 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 that uh getting involved with the theater Mm -hmm. and you are (laughs) and we talked about this I think in April we were sitting in this very room interview yeah (laughs) Yeah. um Ring of Fire yeah well, Curtis, yeah, is, Curtis is the musical Curtis, director, and he's playing, and he's what in is he it. playing now? Bass? He's, is yeah, he playing he's, bass? I think he's playing a number of instruments, yeah. but he's in the show as well. Yeah. So Ring of Fire is a play based on the life of Johnny Cash, and it's going to be um, at Theatre Northwest end of November into December. And it's a five-person cast, and all the cast members are the musicians in the show as well and yeah. so curtis is one of them and i'm one of them as well nice you excited i'm so excited oh. and nervous <laughs> it's, it's like i mean it's professional theater so i gotta step yeah. up my game michael it's uh yeah. but, but you know what <clears throat> it's gonna be so fun oh my god when i was when i was stage ma- apprenticing as a stage manager there i would remind like like people get really tense yeah an uptight and then, <laughs> and i would say i would say you know what in re, you know in the grand scheme of things it's just a skit oh for sure yeah right just so like well, everybody you know, just I mean, like we're, we're but i get i, I understand yeah. where you're coming from it can be intimidating for sure and there are a lot of expectations and that kind of thing but we're still months out from it so yeah. i mean by the time we open we're gonna be solid and it's yeah i mean i'm 
it's a beautiful opportunity for me as my first foray into professional theater because yeah. it's basically a musical. Yeah. And it's I get to play June Cash, June Carter Cash, and so and, and along with a number of other characters because the play is sort of designed mm-hmm. like that, but you couldn't have picked a better part for me, really. Like mm-hmm. I I just love the music. That's sort of my style anyway and Anna Russell's directing, and she directed me in Evil Dead, the musical, mm-hmm. a number of years ago. So we've worked together in the past. So I definitely am going in with a comfort level, you know, knowing Curtis and Anna and having been on the stage at Theatre Northwest before and, and like, working with Jack and Lauren and all those folks there. Well, you were on the stage when you did your reading for uh, Painting the Painting Streets. The streets. Mm-hmm. And that was with Lauren Brotman. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, we talk about Ragu and we talk about there's Lauren and there's... A, and, I ha- and I had these preconceived... Like, I had these perceptions of these people because i didn't know so mm. but when i dig a little deeper i'm like pole like like ragu i didn't realize until i really you know stopped because outwardly i can look at this gentleman and say oh he's just in a some crazy accordion player <laughs> right? yeah. you know and then i can look at lauren and and i said you know when i interviewed her a couple of years ago i said i thought at first you were just like the wife of the uh-huh. of the artistic director yeah. until I started doing some background work and I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so these people, so a lot of people here well, there's aren't there's a just, testament, you know, yeah. to actually digging, you know, and finding it, like getting the opportunity to really get to know the people that, you know, on the periphery you just see as... Because right now, if you met Ragu, he's the librarian at the Nacheco Branch yeah. Library. Yeah. And you wouldn't know what it is that he does in his spare time and that he makes theater and beautiful music mm-hmm. and that he's an incredible writer and he's a parent and he's taking care of his his parents as they age. You know, like the nuance. Or Lauren. Yeah, she is a very supportive wife and mother and that can't be understated. And she was the resident artist at Theatre Northwest until she moved back to Toronto. And she and I wrote a play together and she won an award for one of the shows that she put on at Theatre Northwest. And she's one of the only Shakespearean trained artists in Canada that actually got to work at the Globe Theatre. At the Globe, yeah. Like, she, like yeah. that's she was a one Globe. of the most remarkable things that you can achieve as an actor. And she just came here, you know, and she'd put on... She did theater work in Fort St. James for community up mm-hmm. there. And, you know, she's done incredible, incredible work. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she just battled cancer. And, and she just battled and beat and got cancer. Through it. Yeah. Huge yeah. cancer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Big time. Like, that's that's everyone, you know, that's humanity. That's like yeah. everyone has a thousand stories playing in their background all the time when you meet them on yeah. the street. And for some reason, a lot of those people that are incredibly diverse and nuanced to find themselves in Prince George. And humble. Yeah. Like the humility I found in Lauren and Jack uh, mm. when I came to Jack and said, I want to be a stage manager. And he, <laughs> said, he said, come and see me. Yeah. That was it. Come yeah. and see me. We'll make it work. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I didn't get my equity card, but, okay. you know, I think the universe is, is probably saying, you know what, maybe you're not ready to be a stage manager right now. But you got the right. experience. But I've got and, the experience. And the people yeah. that you meet. And, you know, the that whole theater is full of people like that. Like yeah. like Bradley Charles. He's a good friend of mine. We've worked together on 
movies and in theater and that kind of thing. And the guy is an incredible construction, like he makes sets and stuff. And he did that, like, you know, just for fun as yeah. a hobby before. And they hired him. And now he designs and builds their sets mm-hmm. at Theater Northwest now. And, like, way to bring in the locals, you know, yeah. people who are talented and ha- work at that caliber. And Jack sought them out. And that's something that I so appreciated about Jack and Lauren and Jack as an artistic director and a regular director is he has visions for diversity and for changing the shape of Canadian theater. Mm -hmm. And he didn't take no for an answer. Like, (laughs) you know, when he was trying to cast Alice in Wonderland and they put out a casting call across the country as they do for all these professional productions and who showed up to audition for Alice, of course, a bunch of blonde white girls. Yeah. And he said, no, I don't want that. And and instead of saying, well, I guess I have to go with what the Actors Guild and the union is saying, he said, no, like he demanded diversity yeah. and brought in an Asian actor to play Alice and has brought in other people to change the shape of what we know as a traditional Alice in Wonderland. And it made it better. And yeah. it made it like unprecedented. And he's done the same thing about bringing locals in. He brought Danny Bell and Curtis Abriel in for Million Dollar Quartet. They're incredibly talented mm-hmm. musicians. And now he's got Curtis working for him again. Like, that's something that people haven't been doing in the theater world. And it's something that Jack is just like, of course I'm doing this. And hopefully <clears throat> hopefully when they, the new artistic director will... Take will, that and run Because Jack it? left Absolutely. the legacy in the very Absolutely. short time. I mean, in the very short time. For sure. In, in the and, you know, world. being supported by Marnie and other people, like Marnie working with Mad Loon Productions to bring Jeff Burner and other artists yeah. in to showcase, or having um, the relaxed performances. That yeah. was huge for Theater Northwest. I'm so proud of them for... Um, bringing in, making theater more accessible to Mm -hmm. the community because it, you know, shows are cost prohibitive to a lot of people. They're prohibitive in, um, you know, accessibility and, you know, accommodating people with different abilities and different attention spans and that kind of thing. And at least Theater Northwest is taking some steps to say, like, we want to bring theater to the community. I think smashing that myth that it's elitist. Exactly. Right? Because but you can't smash that myth unless you're willing to take the steps. Yeah. Right? You can say, yeah. well, anyone can access our theater. Anyone can come see our shows. But that's not the way accessibility works, right? right? You actually right. have to go out and make an effort to say, we want you to come see it. And that's what Lauren and I did with Painting the Streets. Like our first reading of Painting the Streets was at the Prince George Public Library. I laughed so hard. <laughs> In some things I was listening, I'm like, that's although it was about two women yeah really the story is about two women (laughs) but i'm like listening to i'm going that's me oh cool that's me oh i love hearing that yeah so yeah so how long like no you guys are distance but obviously Mm -hmm. i mean there's not really that much distance any longer with with the internet internet. yeah yeah so are you guys still doing some writing and we've taken a break back and forth mainly because of Lauren dealing with her her health and getting getting healthy again and, you know, taking the time that she needs. But we're both very committed to the project. Marnie is also very committed to the project, the manager at Theatre Northwest. So um, we've made a commitment to see it on the main stage. Um, And so the reality of, you know, writing a play and then seeing it to fruition is about five to seven years in general. 
you know, and people don't don't actually understand they that don't we get, go from uh, yeah. workshopping to full production. Yeah. And so we're pretty much on track for that. And, you know, we've had the backing and the support and the commitment. And so we'll we'll be writing via distance. Um, Lauren will be back in Prince George in February. Is she coming with Jack? I know Jack's coming to direct Is I think Wendell? so. Yeah. yeah. So that last I heard that she'll she'll be back in Prince George and then um, you know, and I'm continuing to write music for the show because that was a that's a piece of it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a slow, steady work and but we are both very committed to it and and dedicated to seeing it on the main stage. It will be a professional production before we let it die. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's yeah. fantastic. I'm I'm hoping to get there's another I was just uh, interviewing Marcel Gagnon mm. on Ugh. a couple of days ago, and he has a show yeah. that uh, the drums calling me home. Yep. And uh, hope I'm going to talk to Marnie and say, "Hey, this this guy, maybe this is a show that you would mm. consider, you would look at." I mean, yeah, just try, check yeah, it out, absolutely. Right? Check it out. You know, and that's you know the showcase spot, the workshop spot at um, Theater Northwest is a great opportunity for those types. Of, like Iswendidim is was one of them. That showcase there. That That, um, Miguel Fairweather. Fairweather, What a talent. The funny thing is, is we're talking, and so the the show is about Meadow Lake. Mm. And I I met my first wife in Meadow Lake. Oh, really? And then we're talking a little further, and he's like, Yeah, I'm from Whitefish Bay Indian Reserve. And I'm like, Get out of here. Because I used to take a boat up the lake to go pick up the fishing guides. And he's like, do you know so? I'm like, yeah, I know so and so. Oh, small world. So, jeez. Oh, I'm that's like, so wow. cool. And I so I got the photograph. So the photographs you see for the those for are the amazing. Show. I loved for fo- the lighting was fantastic. Oh, the lighting, the design yeah. in general for that show yeah. was amazing, and that was when it was being workshopped. It's yeah. now you know what is it? Almost two years later, so it's gonna come back like full production. It did great in Toronto. It did really well. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sure you guys will have the same success with painting oh, the streets. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> no, that's that's a bound to create. Is that going to be a bound to create? Which is yeah. Jack and Lauren's production it's, company. It is. Yeah. Right? So it'll it the painting the streets before was a cooperative between a partnership between Theater Northwest and Bound to Create Theater, <clears> and <throat> I suspect that it will continue to be the same. Um, we've gotten grants from Marnie. Marnie's work and with the Arts Council and that kind of thing. So um, I suspect it will continue to be a partnership. So you got, let's see, choir, <laughs> right? And painting the streets, writing, and uh, what else? Oh, did I, what well, I, the album. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we'll get rid of that. Are you, you asking me what release. else I do? Yeah. <laughs> so, and just life, right? Yeah. And so, but you're, you've got a CD release party on, on saturday, saturday september the, 14th september 14th mm-hmm. so i'm going to be put i told marcel that i'm going to be probably putting his uh today oh publishing cool. today but i'm not going to i'm going to put your <laughs> oh, you're i'll put tell him i'm going to bump marcel <laughs> well so you, you tell you Mar- marcel thank you for me we've worked together in the past i adore marcel we're friends so he maybe he'll maybe he'll be okay with that <laughs> I, met, I met him i because i used to do graphic arts and oh. for, for Speedy, for 10 years I did graphic okay. arts. And he came into the store one day and we were talking music. Yeah. And I said, well, I play blues harmonica. And he got me all excited. He says, well, I have to get you on. We're 
some recording of mine, and I'm I'm still waiting. You're still waiting for that? <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Oh. I love the man. Marcel I, I is lo- amazing. I yeah. I have such respect for him anyway. But I've played music with him on stage. Yeah, and the connection that I've had with him, like literally just singing backup harmonies for him, I get goosebumps. He's yeah. t- his energy on stage is palpable. It's just phenomenal. One of the he played um, he played at the Winter Games. Yep. And so I got to shoot. I got to oh, photograph cool, the Winter cool. Games um, as a volunteer. And and I said, you know what, my because uh, at that time I had arthritis in my hip, so I, my mobility was really limited. I said, mm. I said I can probably do all the the cold snap stuff, man. Right. Yeah. And so they just yeah they let me they just wander around and sweet and do what the, a good job it was great it was fantastic I didn't backstage care if I got access paid. no I had the security guard that wouldn't let me get backstage oh no I'm like you see this I can I'm get media it. man yeah man <laughs> see this see this little thing I got around my neck she's like no. Oh, no. Well, but that's okay. I got close enough. Yeah, right? yeah. It was still a lot of fun. Cool. Amy, this is wonderful. I always, I just love talking to you. Ditto. And so we've got um, Amy Blanding down the line. It's going to be released. We're, well, people will listen to this. Is it going to be the first time you get to listen to this before it's released? It's pretty exciting, yeah. actually. <laughs> so, you and who's who is who's opening? Somebody's opening, right? Uh, Samson's Delilah. Yeah. So, Seth and Shara are coming in from Dunster, and they're opening for me, which is amazing. They're so good. They're you, so good. Did you do Robson Valley this year? I didn't, know because I was in Gothenburg with Nove Voce. Right. Yeah. So, I yeah. missed, and this was Robson Valley Music Festival after a year break so it was just an epic year but i talked to shara and she said you know what you're going to be having a good time with your choir anyway so i did miss going to the festival though it's one of my favorites i went to the festival to vend uh oh. not this year but the year though no not last year because they didn't have it but the mm-hmm. year before mm-hmm. that and i took a year off from vending i just i needed to to look after a few things yeah but um I think I'll get back and oh good and and ha- I just had a lot of fun there. It was just so relaxed. It is, and I it's loved watching good... the kids running around barefoot. Yep, right. Because oh, it's a really like family friendly yeah. and good vibes. They do an amazing job at Robson Valley. It's one of the better festivals, I would say, in the circuit. And um, my plan is actually I'll be touring the album next summer exclusively. Um, so hopefully hitting Robson Valley and I have a house concert to play in Whitehorse. So I'm going to do sort of the Northern wow. circuit like Dawson and Atlin and that kind of thing, hopefully. And then uh, looking to book down on Vancouver Island, lower mainland, and then maybe hopefully getting out into Alberta because my album has a couple of songs that have a bit of a country vibe yeah, yeah, to them. Yeah. And I'd love to get into some of the, the country festivals. I'm a big fan how do you like house part house 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 concerts? concerts? Love them, really? love them. Yeah, just so it's so intimate. Intimate. That's the word. Yeah. And the people when you're at a house concert, the people are there to listen to you. That yeah. you know, and it's similar to playing festivals. People are there for the music, but for a lot of us who've been playing for a number of years, you know, you play bars and you play um, different pubs and things like that, and and oftentimes people aren't really listening to you and Mm -hmm. at a house concert that's what it is and you also get an opportunity to share stories and get to know people in the audience it's like more of a conversation right than um than a performance of sorts and yeah 
most of the time when people are hosting house concerts, it's because they just love music and they know how to treat artists. And so you always get treated really well and get to get to know people. As an audience member, I've always loved uh, like smaller venues, mm. more intimate venues, mm-hmm. house concerts, clubs. Yeah. Right. Where it's so where uh, where speaking of venues, where are you having your CD release? Party? The CD release is at the Legion. Yeah. George Legion. Yeah. And the doors open at eight. Yeah. Samson's Delilah goes on at nine, nine thirty. Um, I don't know if I. We're not selling tickets in advance because I've been told first come, first serve for this night, which means um, the word on the street is that it's going to sell out. So I'm encouraging people to get there early uh, because I don't think that you'll be able to get in past 10 o'clock, to be perfectly honest. It's going to be a really fun night. And it's like back to school time for all the university students. So hopefully they'll get an opportunity to come down and check out one of the better venues in town and local music and that kind of thing and um, especially new students so if we can encourage new students exactly, to get there and check exactly. out the music scene Man, and all of the music down there at the legion i mean that's mad loon productions but it's yeah. also co-hosted by c for radio and good egg records and you know there'll be merch for sale and that kind of thing so it's gonna be a really fun night before we go we talked about a uh, a mystery word. Oh, the mystery word. I almost word. forgot. Like I, I'm like I forgot when I when <laughs> when I did Mar- Marcel's interview. So so lay a mystery word on me. Uh let's say that the mystery word is cut banks. Cut banks. <gasps> did you ever listen to the cut bank cats? No. Oh, um, Dave Radies. Yeah. Right. Dave. Dave was instrumental in actually getting. Well, I don't know if he was instrumental, but he was part of getting the. He was with Mama Garoove. Yeah. And and that whole scene was. They got together to to do, or one of the members had the land for. Oh my gosh. For um, Robson Valley. Well, yeah. Festival. Mama Groove is Seth and Shara. Yeah. Who, from Samson's Delilah. Yeah. Okay. There's another connection. Well, so, yeah, Seth and Shara and Mama Gro- are are two of leads in yeah. Mama Groove. And that's their land that Robson Valley Music Festival is on. Ah, well, Dave Race. I, I, I dealt with Dave all oh, the cool. time um, to uh, do their posters. Oh my gosh. When I was at Speedy. Right as That's a, as crazy. the graphic artist, and um, and they Dave was in a band called the Cut Bank Cats. Oh my gosh! And talk of and and I have a so how long have you been in Prince George? Now? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. So Sergeant O'Flaherty's was it still around? It was mm, that bar underneath yeah. the coast. Yeah. I have a I have. I've got in my collection here for sure at the database at the radio station, which, by the way, we are we are recording at uh, CFIS FM. Thank you so much for letting me use their facility. Thank you, CFIS. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but the Cut Bank Cats live at Sergeant O'Flaherty's. Oh, my gosh. It is great. That's the best title ever. It is great. FYI. Yeah. I got to hear yeah. that. Um, I'll see if I can... Uh, I'll get it to you. Well, that would be great. I'll get you some cuts for sure. Sweet. Yeah. Well, the second song on my album is called Cut Bank Moon because I live right on the banks of 
the Fraser River yeah. in South Fort George. And so I see the cut bangs all the time. All and the so time. I can't help but write about them. So I want to hear all the songs that have any reference to the cut bangs. In oh, them. okay. I don't know if they have much reference, but if That's you like, okay. if you the like, title some, if it's really jazz, it's like a funky jazz. Sweet. Well, if it's anything thing, like yeah. Mama Groove, oh my God, those guys are so fly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and well, they haven't been doing. Well, they're not really. Doing they much did anymore. a like a reunion comeback, I think, this summer at yeah. Robson Valley. Sometimes Mama Groove, like Damn. some variation of them, comes back. Like I've heard them once or twice yeah. before, but no, they don't regularly play or tour together or anything. But oh, they're so good. That's funny. There's so many connections. I know. And for like, and I always tell people, I always say, you know what, man, this is like 80,000, 70, 70,000 people in Prince George, but it's a small 70,000. Yeah. And the arts community, whether it be music, theater, visual arts, any kind of, any kind of creative, um, so close. Yeah. The community is tight. Tight and, and it, supportive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. supportive for sure. Yeah. Amy, thank you for uh, oh yeah for coming by and thanks for having me. My pleasure. I'm always a slice. We love promoting the arts here in Prince George, not only Prince George but but in the region, and letting uh, the rest of Canada know that uh, that the scene here is good. And we even have, and we mentioned this before, Bryn mm. come came up from Vancouver because the scene here was so good. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I asked him that when we were we were in studio recording Saltwater Hanks album, and I said, "Bryn, why did you move here?" And he said, "For the music." Nice. And when someone of Bryn's caliber moves to Prince George for the music, I mean, he's arguably one of the one of the better musicians in the whole province. And when he moves here, you know, we're doing something right. Amy, thank you so much. Absolutely. Right on. This podcast is recorded at the studios of CFIS-FM in Prince George, British Columbia, produced and edited by Take 5 Media. If you're interested in seeing any of the Arts North video interviews, check us out on YouTube, look for Take 5, or you can go to www.take5media.com.